0: Your word is already sanctified your word has already been sent forth in the spirit I'm just echoing what has already been decreed father let the words of my mouth the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you this morning as I attempt to declare your word I must decrease and you must increase Father, there's someone in pain, emotional pain. God said, you're forgetting it, you're forgetting, you're forgetting, I'm I'm your father, I'm your dad. I'm your dad, I'm your dad, someone online. You're sitting at home and you forgot that your real father, your real father, Your heavenly Father loves you more than anyone else can. He's with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord hallelujah. Would you give God a hand this morning? There's so many of my family members that are not normally here that I'm seeing again for the first time. Mama Acreage, I love you, dear. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Good to see you, oh my goodness. Minister Peterson, good to see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for our worship team. (laughs) Come on, thank God for our worship team. We are blessed. Frank and Carolyn, good to see you. Everyone else, everyone else. If I'm not calling your name, blame it on my head, not my heart, hallelujah. If you would, almost every sermon that I've preached over the last two months, since coming back, have been sermons, there is my mom. You're sitting right there. You look like a teenager, but I I miss you. You're sitting there with all the other teenagers. There's my mom. Wave, wave, wave mama Ross. I know you don't want me to do that, but you just surprised me when you looked up. I saw you there. Bless God. Thank you, Pastor Ron. Thank you, Sister Judy, for being uh, partners. Thank you for feeling the same vision that I feel And running and walking it out with me. Thank you. If you can look with me, the book of Luke. The story that I will be touching on this morning uh, is not just found in Luke chapter 8 verses 22 through 25 going to be reading from the New King James Version. Love you, son. Uh, But you can also find the same story in Mark 4 and 38. You will be able to find the same story in Luke 8. But we will just read it from the I mean Matthew 8, sorry, but we will be reading it from the Luke 8 presentation. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake and they launched out. Verse 23, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And the windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filled with water. They were filling, sorry, with water. That's the boat that they were in. And were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, "'Master, we are perishing.' "'Then he rose and rebuked the wind "'and the raging of the water, "'and they ceased. "'And there was a calm. "'But he said to them, "'Where is your faith?' And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. I want to present to you this morning on the subject, Jesus, God of my panics and pandemics. God, Jesus, God of my panics and my pandemic. At the 25th verse of the text, the first thing that almost distracts me a little bit is the fact that at the occurrence of this event that the disciples are afraid and marveled. we have got two distinct emotions going on. On one side, they are afraid of what could happen, what may happen, and that the other side, they are marveled at Jesus, God in the flesh, waking out of a sleep and doing what he did. It baffles me a little because in the previous chapter, chapter 7, and other instances before this, we see Jesus doing something that, that should take all fear, baffle, and marvel from anyone. Uh, look with me at Luke 7, Luke 7. Good, good, good. Uh, now it happened the day after that, this is in the previous chapter now, that he went into a city called Nam, and many of his disciples went with him. How many? Many of his disciples. And the large crowd, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out. That, when it says dead man gate carried out, it normally infers that he had been dead over three days. He's sealed in his box, and they're going to put him away after the crying and the mourning and the weeping period the family has had. So he's coming out. They're bringing him out of the city. And he's being carried. the only son of his mother, and she was a widow now. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, rise. So he who was dead sat up. Stiff as a board. Rigor mortis has stepped in and all of a sudden set up. I don't know about you, but but I'm convinced that if he could do that with a rigored body, there's nothing to marvel about. If he can do that, Frank, with a, a body that has passed on for several days that I can absolutely not allow fear, mother, to enter my mind when I'm in a boat with him and all that happened was that he slept. You you can read the rest. I, I, I don't even want to go down that road anymore. It just got my attention that 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 as long as they had spent with Jesus, Pastor Taylor, as long as much time as they spent with him in this instant when it's time to put up or shut up, fear and marvel has attacked their spine. Jesus, God of my pandemics, my panics, sorry, and my pandemics, would you agree that they had a moment of panic right there? I would agree. For some relevance, on this last Sunday of September 2020, when we... Recall that on January 21st of this year, the CDC confirmed the very first coronavirus case. A Washington state resident became the first person confirmed with COVID-19. As of now, we are nine months in the U.S., Beyond that day, into the pandemic. And last I heard, we've got over or about 200,000 US deaths. Deaths, so we're not even counting the millions worldwide. We're just going to focus here. In nine months, our country is still firmly in its clutches with no Cure, guaranteed insight. And someone says to me, where is God? You know, I've been a, a Christian or a Christ follower for a long time. Over these 30 plus years, I have experienced many great things and some not so great but I can look back over my life and see the miraculous events that can only be described as the hand of God on my life. I can't count the blessings and all the wonderful things that have come my way. All I could say is that God has been truly good to me and he's been good all the time. But in spite of this, there are times when it seems like I was all alone, like I was waging a war all by myself. Fortunately, the truth is That in each situation, I eventually realized that God did not leave me alone. I've discovered that trouble don't last always. That God was there when I didn't see it. He's been with me always. Present is my helper. During those perplexing times, those terrifying times, when I was sick with the virus, they were moments, minutes Where I'd moved from questioning God to absolutely terrifying fear about the possibility that I could leave before I was ready. Not fear of death. But my fear of every plan, everything that I feel God wants me to do, everything that I have been prepping myself to do for God, that, that he, has, he has the right and okay to stop me wherever he feels like and say, you've done enough, son, come on home. I'm excited about that, but you know what, the human desire is to always finish when you think you are finished. (laughs) Can I tell you that not a lot of people have passed on when they thought they were finished. We are finished when God says we're finished. And for that reason and that reason alone, if there is anything that is stopping you, Jordan, from pressing, Paul said, it's not like I have attained. I'm far from from reaching the goal. I, I haven't got close yet, but this one thing I do know, until he calls me, I will press. You press because you don't know when the call will come. You press because you have no control over the moment of the call. You press because there are witnesses everywhere you go that are looking on. He's been with me always present. Those terrifying times, those, oh my God, I'm dying times. He was there. Would you look at someone and just tell them he was there? They don't need to know what you're talking about. Just look at them and tell them he was there. you remember, you remember, you're watching me online, you remember, look at whoever's sitting next to you at the table and just tell them he was there, he was there, he was there. He was there. He's the God of my panics and he's the God of my pandemics. He was there. He has always been there. He's always been there. One of the most strength-giving moments in my life was to hear See, my mom, when dad passed somewhat to us, we we had a lot more time. But that evening, when they could not resuscitate him, mom, and eventually we had to conclude that there's no coming back. The heart will not start again. It doesn't matter how much adrenaline, And how much pumping they do. And after the doctors passed, backed away, gave the family a moment to just look at the great man of God that dad was, as he lay there in the operating room. I remember them bringing you in, Mom, and you sat down near the bed. And the first thing she said was, you promised Berts that we would travel together, that we would have more time together. And now you're gone, and I'm here alone. And in those moments, I said, oh man, I'm getting ready to lose my mama too, because they've been together for over 50 years. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And just like that, I don't know if she remembers it, but once Holy Spirit came upon her and she absolutely realized to be absent from the body is to be present with God, She said, I don't need more time. This is not my birth. This is just a shell. You can go ahead and take it. it." She said, I know where he is. I have been almost dumbfounded at how you've been able to pull yourself back to the understanding, Ma, that your hope has never been in that young man that you married in your teens. That all of your Christian life you spent running with him. And yet, when push came to shove, something in your spirit said, I'm going to see you later, honey, but God is my refuge and my strength, a very present, always present, right there when you think he's not, a very pleasant help, Mama acreage. You dealt with it yourself, and Brother Mac was passing on you come to that realization that this is what i this is why i've been serving god all my life so that when i get to this moment right here i know whom i believe i know where my foundation is i know who i can trust i can trust jesus Jesus has been teaching for quite a while. He's tired, as are the rest of the disciples. And he says, let's go to the other side of, this, of the lake. We can rest over there. Actually, we can rest on the way. He said to them before they left, we can rest over there. But uh, as God would put it, sometimes he'll tell you one thing and he has a right to change his mind. It is not because he's untrustworthy, it's because he's God. And his thoughts are so far beyond ours that the only thing we can do when he does not, when he seems to not keep his word is to trust his word. I mean, let me say that again. If you are wise, the only thing you can do when you are in a situation and you, te- you are tempted to feel like you can't trust his word, that's when you trust his word. Let's go to the other side. Everyone is agreeable. I, I imagine they-, they-, they, don't- they don't just pick a boat, you know that they probably choose one of their own. Probably Peter, my colorful imagination, says as impetuous as he was, that he would probably be the one that jumps up and says, hold a minute, guys. I've known Jesus for a long time. I'm close, and, and you know what? My boat is in better shape than any other boat. Let's use my boat. I could just see him doing that. And they began to cross they set across the sea Jesus quite tired goes to the back of the boat to get out of everyone's way so he can just relax and promptly fell asleep middle of the sea the storm arises that is not uncommon for that area but this time feels frantic to them These are fishermen. These are guys who have been on the lake, Frank. They have have dealt with this, and yet suddenly they are frantic. Can Can I interject this point that quite often when Jesus is at his closest in your life, that's when you will feel the most frantic, That when you feel the most fearful, I believe it's the exact moment at which Jesus is closest. You don't expect the adversary to stop his job just because Jesus was nearby. Do you? Do you expect the adversary to stop being the adversary just because Jesus is nearby? Uh Uh-uh. He's got a job to do and his one of his jobs is to make you fearful, make you anxious, make you worried that what you are going through may be the time, the first time that God doesn't come through for you. But can I tell you that's a lie? Look at somebody and say, that's a lie. God always comes through for me. Go ahead and tell them that's a lie. God always comes through, he may not come the way you have been planning and thinking he would come, but he will always come through. Always, always. Always. Seasoned sailors try to manage it on their own. Orders are shouted pull in the sails, peel out the boat. Hang on to the line. Go ahead, man the stern. Turn right. All hands on deck. Yes, and Jesus is still sleeping. He's back there sleeping. What's up with that? What's up with that? Can't he sense that they're in trouble? Desperately in trouble? Finally, someone stumbles back to him and wakes him up. Finally, after all of the, what we used to say is a made-up word back home as a kid, all the kerfuffling. It's not a real word. We just made it up for, as kids in our family. We call it kerfuffling. All of the rigmarole and the excitement and the chaos. After all of that, somebody decides to go back and wake him. I want you to keep that in mind. Jesus, Jesus, hey Jesus! Cries out with a loud voice. We were in terrible trouble. Don't you care? Don't you care that we are seconds away from disaster? We are losing. Come on, help us, Jesus. Jesus stands up, rebukes the wave, and then turns to the disciples and say, "Why are you so afraid? Where's your fate?" My first point to you this morning is that you can expect in every aspect of your life, in every situation, in every problem, in every season, you can expect unmanageable things to happen when Jesus is not your first option. I didn't say, I didn't say bad things. I didn't say destructive things because those things will always happen. You can't stop life from happening. Bad things will happen whether God is with you or not. So we focus on our behavior and our behavior will be that this is absolutely unmanageable. Can I tell you that when you don't call on Jesus first in every situation you encounter, life will become more and more unmanageable. God does not come when we have an issue or a problem or a challenge to take it away from us or take us out of it. He has done that many times. But if he does that every time, we will not grow. We will not mature. So he has to leave us in situations sometimes hoping that we will understand very quickly that this is unmanageable by my own strength. And I better call on Papa right now. I am challenged, Miss Judy, that that they did all of these things before they go wake Jesus up. That they tried bailing the boat out. They tried doing this. They tried doing that. And then, all of a sudden, it feels like somebody remembers that the King of Kings, the God who just rose somebody from the dead. The guy who just delivered someone from disease is on the boat with them. And if he could do that, why can't he do this? But nobody thinks of that. Can I tell you this morning that we are guilty? We are guilty as charcoal of having Jesus on the boat of our lives 24-7 and only touching base with him for a few minutes. We wait until it has become unbearable when everything has been torn to pot. And then we say, I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to call two or three believers to pray with me. One of the most prevalent things I am seeing more and more in the church of Jesus Christ is lip service with no connection to each other. We say we are one, we say we love each other, but as soon as we hit a, a dark patch, a hard spot, the first thing we do we pull into our shell as if that's what the Bible said to do. We won't call anybody for prayer. We won't trust another brother or sister to pray and intercede with us, but all we will call our family the old drunk in California. We will call our sister or our brother in Pennsylvania or Dung in North Carolina And ask them, I mean I've seen it with my own eyes. Christian believers calling family members. And here's 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 the here's the here's the quote, Dad. Y'all remember say a prayer for me. Do you know if they're saved or not? Do you know if they're walking right? Have they committed themselves to fast and pray for you? So why are they the first call? If you can't trust one or two brothers or sisters that are worshiping right here with you to pray through with you in confidence, then you have been put or you put yourself in the wrong place. And I'm afraid that if you go someplace else, the same thing will happen again because the problem is not with the church, it's with you. I know it's tight, but it's right this morning. Matthew ten 29. I'm going to move through very quickly. And I think I'm only gonna to get to the next the next uh, point. First was we can't expect unmanageable thi- we can't expect unmanageable things to happen when God, Jesus Christ, is not first choice. Matthew ten twenty nine. Are you are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. You are more valuable to him than the sparrow. I mean, pardon me, guys. But, but I don't know what else you want God to say. Miss Judy, I, I don't know what else we want God to say in the word to make us trust him when we're on the pressure. Zechariah 2, 8 to 9. For thus said the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory, to the nations which plunder you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. My gosh, I I mean, will you let anybody walk up to you and stick a finger in your eye? If you won't let anyone do that, why do you believe, why do you accept that the God who made you, the God who has his image, printed on you somewhere in your conscience will let the adversary, will let the situation poke him in his eye to get to you. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know why? Because he is God, Jesus Christ, his son. They are the God of our panic and our pandemic. That's why. Quickly, write down Hebrews 4 14 through 16. I'm not going to read that. Jesus is in the boat, but he's asleep. Have you, have you ever felt like he's been asleep in your boat? You have him, you believe him. He said, Margaret, you trust him. But what good does it do you? He's here, but I feel like he's passive while the storm is still raging. Hmm. He's unresponsive when things are at their worst. Got to remember, it doesn't matter how much you try, you will always be pushed to look at your situation through your human eyes. Point number two, we will not do three and four. We're just point number two. Sometimes, oh, this is a good one. This is juicy, mama. This is juicy. Sometimes God allows the storm not to prove you don't have faith, but to help you increase your faith. The adversary always comes by to tell you what? You don't have faith. If you had faith, you'd have trust God for this and so and so wouldn't have happened. If you had any faith, this wouldn't happen. After you prayed and fast, it still falls apart. Oh, that wouldn't happen because you got faith. I don't believe that at all. I believe sometimes God just allows things to happen even after we have prayed and bawled and cried because he sees that our capacity for more is empty. There's a space right there of desire that has nothing in it. And it is his job to push you until faith fills it up. Alfredo, only God could see that spot. Only God could see, I mean you, how many times, oh my Lord Jesus, how many times have you thought, boy, I am pressing in, I am going in like Muhammad Ali. And then you talk to somebody who just caught the banana skin from the banana you ate, and now they're eating the skin. Have you ever been so locked into what you're going through that you couldn't even imagine that there's somebody who's been through worse and they're still standing? Can I tell you that has happened to me over and over again? Sometimes God allows you to go through what you're going through Because he looks at your life and he said, baby, I love you. I see that you have a hunger and thirst for me. But there's a space in there that can do with some more faith. And he allows the pressure to come on so that you will reach in and get deeper. You will become more radical in the trust that you have for him. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures and that's it for today. Ephesians 6 12 and 13. For our struggle is not, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Look at somebody and tell them, my struggle is not against people. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna say another word about our political chaos right now because there is no doubt in my mind that both parties in America have focused themselves, they have focused themselves on getting you disagree with another human being and to create a fight and a fuss out of that disagreement when God says you could disagree on anything just agree that I'm God and I'm sovereign and that I'm only looking at the mess in your heart you can vote anywhere you want to and still go to hell Oh my goodness, I know somebody is, is, is totally messing their minds right now. You can vote any way you want to and still go to hell. You know why? Because your heart, because the beast inside of you has never been dealt with by God. It's been dealt with by politics. It's been dealt with by pastors. It's been dealt with by all, everybody else but by God. I said to Pastor Ron the other day, I said some of us are going to, we will literally have a heart attack in heaven and God is going to have to revive us. In heaven. You know why? Because you're going to see somebody there that in life had a different opinion, voted for a different party than you, and they're sitting right next to you in heaven. When you had a warped understanding of where God looks. I'm encouraging every person, every believer, everyone watching me, that is a it is a privilege to vote. It is a privilege, it is a blessing to live in a country where you can vote. See, unless you've grown up in a place where where you're not allowed to vote under a socialist or communist regime, then everything else becomes more important than just being able to vote. And I am encouraging you as a Christian, I don't care what party you're in, I am encouraging you to vote because that's a blessing that God gave to you. I'm not going to worry about the rest because I understand, I understand that God, God has got his hand over everything. I was sitting with a brother the other day and I'm close. I'm going to wrap it up right here. We were talking about politics and I'm just listening because I don't like to get into politics. And I said, if, if by any chance, It can't happen, but if by any chance the political results that God wanted looks like it will will be thwarted, God could have either candidate die on the day before the election. And the party of the candidate that still is living will automatically win in America. Because those that grieve will grieve so hard about the loss of their political leader, that they will not trust God, they're going to stand stand there and cry. But thank God, God don't have to do that. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. Can I say once again, he is the God of your panics and your pandemic. And he will never let you become the bait that the adversary devours and leave you hopeless. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the end. Would you bow your heads with me? Ha ha) Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word, I thank you for your word, I thank you for your word. We, there is no other, there is no other thing, no other way, no other book, no other promise, no other, no other presentation, by any other human being, that we can trust more authentically than your word. Father, we thank you because whatever we're going through, you're still there. Whatever we're dealing with, you're still there. Even when we can't feel you, you're still there. Even when we can't hear you, you're still there. Because you're operating on our behalf does not need our intervention does not need our discussion you are a father that does what fathers do you move in the best interest of your children even when we don't quite understand it you move and do and are in the best interest of your children This morning, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word that has gone out. Somebody has been bewildered. Somebody is panicking. Somebody is dealing with stress. Someone is dealing with anxiety. Someone has just found out that their test is positive and they are worried. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the virtue of your presence. I release your power. I release the glory of your majesty on their life. Let healing and deliverance and breakthrough prevail right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me as those, if if you're online and you're watching us this morning and this is the first time you have been challenged to give your heart to God. That unimaginable things will happen. You can't stop them. But you can walk in the strength and cover of the God who made you and he will come through for you. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to lead you in a quick prayer. The reason everyone else is standing is so that, so that we can all agree and pray with you as you say this prayer. Dear Father, pray with me. Dear Father, I understand that I can't save myself that I cannot break my own bad habits. I can't change my own mess. I cannot pull myself up by my own bootstring. So I bow. I bow. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me of every bit of iniquity. and to pardon me. Lord, I submit to you and I receive salvation. I receive the blood of Jesus as my covering and I give myself to you, God. I repent and I submit. Take my life and let it be. Whatever you want. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give God the high praise? Oh. Hey. Woo. Give him a more. Give him more. A little more. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah father as we leave this place we're not leaving your presence we're just reassembling some other place at home wherever we are going father we put our hearts in your hand we put our hearts in your hand lead us and guide us into truth when all is said and done man looks on the outside you look on the inside so lead our hearts guide our hearts massage our hearts in the ways of righteousness bring us back safely to Bible study on Wednesday as we dig into your word we thank you again for your presence here today thank you for the opportunity of being able to gather watch over us as we leave watch over those on the internet on the broadcast on the streaming and give us so oh God more of you we pray these things in the name of Jesus amen 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 give God a hand as you wave to your brother you greet your sister hallelujah bless you this morning glory be to God hallelujah Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God.